0: good morning good afternoon wherever you are this is chris we're down on the beach it's sunday morning a little bit later than normal watch the end of the france england game of football holy moly will there be some controversy around that game full on (laughs) Uh, sport so uh today we're talking about power ironically uh we're talking about power on the day, when there's a lot of power being wielded in a game of footy, uh, and France knew what would upset England, and that is to get them angry, which they did, so clever strategy for the worse team, I think, and uh, it just goes to show you that strategy is more important than planning. Strategy, ultimately, is everything. So rather than working on your planning, you need to be working on your strategy. of course, you need to have the goal clear, so strategy and aid plan go hand in hand. There's a little bit of wind. I hope that's not interfering in the microphone too much. I don't have the windsock on today, on the microphone. So we're talking about power. We're talking about the most powerful element of the human condition. What would you think that is? If you could choose one piece of a human being that is the most powerful, what would it be? The answer is the ego. The ego wants, what it wants. So today I'm going to have a little chat and I'm going to do a second podcast when I'm a bit out of the wind, just in case this is not easy to hear. I'm going to be walking past a lot of nippers, swim groups and things. So I'm going to split it to on the beach and off the beach up at Ben Buckler. So here you go powerful, the most powerful element of a human being, and therefore the most dangerous. Untamed, the ego can lead people to all sorts of disaster. Tamed, the ego can lead people to the most incredible success. This is a really confusing element of the ego, because you say here people say you're being egotistical, being critical, yet they're saying you really know yourself and you know your strength, which is also egotistical. Let's talk about the ego. Firstly, the ego is a centurion, or a guardian, of our soul. Think of it like the armour we wear that goes to battle, goes into life and builds a life around something very, very gentle and very, very fragile which I call purpose, others call soul others call self, other people have other names for it there's many names for the same thing but it's the vulnerable truth our highest value. So this part of us wants nothing, needs nothing, has everything, needs to protect Then it comes, the next question is, what is danger? Because if the ego automatically protects, then there's got to be a piece of the ego that detects danger. Which is Four called fear. Let's go past this. Nippers group, So, what is danger? So, there's three elements of danger. Here you go, to see what we have: getting lost what we do getting disrupted and what we be getting corrupted, we do have. We get very attached, very attached to what we be, do and have. And therefore the ego has many opportunities to decide What's in danger? Let's go through them. You say you want to be happy, be kind, be generous, be friendly. And sometimes we set ourselves up for failure because there's two sides to everything we be. It's a very intellectual concept if it's a one-sided be. Be good, be friendly, be sincere, be... And so, it's very easy to fill up the B world with egocentric concepts such as all the shoulds and shouldn'ts of life. The shouldn't do this and should do that, should be kind, should be friendly. And then it's obvious that you could be building your ego, building up your ego, thinking that you're building up your spirit any of those yeah, be-things can back get ahead. into should and whenever a should gets threatened the ego comes up and fights, fight flight. So if you're deluding yourself that in being something polarised there's going to be a form of happiness that could be the first step to examine because as I said Please Ego you is both the most and powerful and the most and dangerous thing in the world. I'll just do do switch off of course? for Kush can. Only can If you've just turned up and you're not even entered, you can still enter the race. So we continue. <laughs> uh, probably a little more easy to listen to, or easier to listen to this now. We're out of the wind and off the surf club. So we're talking about how human power, human strength, we're talking about the ego being the core of it. We're saying that the ego can have a good side, the bad. As we all know, egotistic can be a person who thinks too much of themselves. And then egocentric can be a person who's absolutely uh, dispassionate about their impact on the rest of the world. But there's a healthy element to the ego, and that's called vision. Your your ego wants, and it wants good, good things. More, more of everything. More ice cream, more health, more fun, more house, more car, once more. Without that, there's no growth in a human being. So the ego can be a really strong driving force for success because the more you want, the harder you'll work. And hard work is a key to success. No matter how we try to reframe it in self-help or self-development or self-sufficiency or self-care hard work is the key to success and anybody who tells you different is bullshitting when people say I want to spend more time with my family and I want to be successful they're caught in a trap someone has told them that the more time you spend with your family the more happy you'll be and that's not true the more time you spend on your highest value which is your ego the happier you'll be that's for sure and yet if we ignore the rest that highest value can become egocentric to the cost of our health, to the cost of our family, to the cost of our relationship. So managing this concept of the ego is very, very important so it doesn't turn sour and we become Nazis or terrorists in our own backyard. The ego has as its core expectations. And those expectations can be either real or false. We can say, I want to be friendly. There's the expectation, isn't it? I should be friendly, I want to be friendly, but can you be? Well, yeah, you can be friendly, but unfriendly will also be there. And the question's going to be, what, what does your ego do? When unfriendly surfaces, what is it going to do? So, managing the ego, is 99% of inner wealth. Your core, your soul, is there regardless, but the noise around it from the ego can make it impossible to hear it. And that's what we're trying to do in one sense, is A, have an ego that wants things, that deserves things, that aspires to things, that feels privileged to go out and get things. We want an ego. and yet we don't want the ego taking control of everything. Now, I'm up on Ben Buckler and it's bloody funny to watch because there's a swim race today out here. It's called um, Buckler to Birds, Ben Buckler to Icebergs, and it's gonna start soon. But there's also a massive pot of dolphins out there jumping up and down and they're right they're going right over to the surf boat where the guys are sitting waiting for the dolphins to come close and they're circling around the surf boat it's so beautiful to watch these gorgeous animals just hanging out and not being at all intimidated by the presence of uh, five people sitting in a gorgeous surf boat with their father christmas outfits on The ego observes things. If I'm standing here and describing the dolphins, that's my ego talking. The ego can describe things as being good. Oh, gee, look at the dolphins, aren't they great? Or, oh, gee, look at the dolphins, aren't they bad? So managing your ego, not having it become egocentric or egotistic, but having it be your vision, your power, that's a really important element to life, firstly, The size of your vision determines the size of your life. And so your ego is going to control how realistic your vision is. If you, anybody who does a vision and says, yeah, that's a really good vision, but I doubt that I'm going to achieve it. Their ego is the doubt, but their ego is also their vision. (laughs) And so there's two sides of us uh, in in, in our identity or ego that is striving for more and striving to be our best at the same token tempering it with a sense of fear of failure that's what i said earlier that the ego uh, if it perceives fear it 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 becomes a centurion a guard so if you say oh i'm going to fly uh in helicopters for the rest of my life and become an airline pilot the ego will come up and go i doubt that's going to happen given that you're it's gonna take a million dollars to get a pilot's license and it's gonna take five years and you haven't got five years or a or million dollars and you've got other things to do. So there's a, 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 a tempering element of the ego, which is about self-belief and reality. And then there's a, a inspirational element of the ego, which says, damn, I'm allowed to write down anything I want. So when we're talking about self-obsessions and, 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 and people who are narcissistic, It's when the ego has become rogue. It's been given uh, license, and it's sitting over or or shouting louder than doubt. And the doubt's really important, because doubt tempers ego, and doubt really is something that we have to all own. And so in the process of talking about ego, we can talk about different stages of ego. The, The got to, should, need to, want to, desire to choose to love to. They're all ego states. And it, 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 it's really important to make sure by going to a state of choose to, that the ego is in your hands. You, you are your ego, you, you, you hold on to it. One of the things the ego also does in, in response to fears of not doing what it says it'll do, it attaches itself to other people. And this is where there's a lot of struggles in life at the present time. Fathers have attached themselves to their daughters. They've attached themselves previously to their spouse, so their their their, their wife or, or partner. And, and, and now they have a child, they, they detach themselves from the partner and attach themselves to the child as part of the ego's defense against failure. So the fear of failure means that we, I suppose the word is hedge our bets or Bring a second person or a second entity into our lives to to shore up the fear, and it moves from spouse to child. So one minute where uh, uh, a father might be attaching itself to his uh, his partner, and the next minute he might be attaching himself to his child. That that uh, process of fear 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 management or uh, uh, danger management by the ego is very understandable, but there comes a point where uh, uh, the motive to do better it rises higher than the motive to be beyond fear, and so there 's this confusion happens between what I should do about my child, my daughter or my son, who 's gone rogue, and what I should do about. And so the, part, the, the, the father will gravitate back to the relationship when they're rejected by the daughter. So if, if that happens, the daughter will be like, oh, fuck off, Dad. I'm 14. I can do whatever I want or 12 or whatever. And Dad will go, oh, I really love your mum. I really love her so much. I really love your mum. And mum will go, fuck off. You've been treating me like shit for the last five years. What are you coming back here for? And then the father will go back to the daughter and say, oh, I really want to look after you and I'm doing everything in your best interest. the daughter goes, fuck off. Uh, You're only here because you feel weak without me. And the the daughter's saying, get your dirty hands off me. And the daughter will attach herself to a guy, to a boyfriend or a girlfriend, and the daughter will become attached to someone to defend themselves against the the fear of of, um, failure or fear of being... Diminished or fear of, and next thing you know, the daughter becomes rogue like the father's rogue because the fathers attach themselves to people in order to, to reinforce or get, or get beyond their fears. So, if you can imagine all this, this ego is a centurion, and what it does, it looks out into the world and goes, Oh shit, that might happen. It attaches itself to something or someone or some process money, partner, uh, job, identity, ego. Whatever it does, it attaches itself to something and says, oh, now I'm beyond the problem, which they're not. Self-sufficiency, which is uh, what we are all going to achieve at some point before the last breath we take on this planet, means that we aren't attached to people uh, in, in, in creating a form of self. We, we acknowledge that it's great to be around people with a self, it's great to share our self with another person it's great to live with another person with ourself but we're not attached to them to avert the fear and you, the way you know this is the way w- whether this is happening on is so you say how well I how would I be if they left how would I be if they weren't here anymore and the theory w- with 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 most people who are emotionally uh, disengaged is I'd be fine I, I'd be happy to live separately to my partner and I'd be happy to live separately to the mother or father of my children and they do do go down that process until the father or mother of the children finds a new spouse and then the shit hits the fan because now they are really alone and the that was the problem from the get-go they really really didn't want to be alone and that was their fear fear of being alone fear of being self fear of the thing that we will all have to discover at some stage in our lives, self-sufficiency. Now, self-sufficiency is not the lack of love, it's the presence of love. But it's the lack of attachment to other people to have that love. In other words, the ego is built out of expectation. When you finally say love is more important than expectation, when you realize that expectations block love, you finally get a grip on what it is to be self-sufficient. And that is, I love you no matter what you do, whether you stay or go. I love you no matter who you are, whether you be good or bad. That unconditional love is the ultimate uh, ambition of the the self and the ego and a sense of purpose. The ego really does not want to be continually acting as a centurion against the fear of being alone or being self-sufficient. And the ego eventually gets tired it gets exhausted, it starts to get angry and bitter and it starts to get all self-deprecating going, I must be stupid because I feel bad about this or whatever. And so what w- the whole process is, is uh, ultimately about this self-sufficiency and managing the ego rather than it managing us. And this ego really uh, presents itself as an identity and we identify ourselves sometimes as a father or a mother or a partner or a leader or a success. And when we do that, you know you're trapped in the ego again because the ego ego is just presenting those identities as a form of defense against a fear. All human laws, every single one, driving on the left-hand side of the road, Uh, don't steal from your neighbor, Uh, you shouldn't do this and you should not do this. All the the laws, uh, when Bali, they say you can't have sex outside your marriage, all the laws are created out of fear. All the the masking of women and the the depreciation of people and the uh, race discrimination, it's all based out of fear. And so if you buy into all that, your chances of getting beyond your ego and not being egocentric or egotistical are zero. So looking for balance in things and the the formula that you've been presented with in the inner wealth work is to get beyond uh, being run by your ego, getting beyond being running by the fears that keep you attached to people which make them want to snap the cord and run away from you. So there are three things the ego fears that you won't do what you say one secondly or someone will see you not doing what you say two you won't have the things you're attached to so you won't do what you say you won't be what you say and you won't have the things you're attached to so the three of those be do have are the essence of a good vision but at the same token they also rise up in us Old habits of fear mongering, which is I fear not having them. I fear not being authentic. Uh, you know, say I'm going to be authentic, and, and then you go, Well, now I fear not being authentic. So now by having a vision or doing a be, we create a new inauthenticity because no human being on earth is 24 7 authentic. We are both authentic and inauthentic. And so understanding That when we say we're going to be something in a should level or be something in life, which is a polarized sense of be, uh, we are setting a little bit, setting ourselves up to be in a state of fear or reaction to the world around us. Instead, we can say, I'm going to be kind and I'm going to deny when I'm unkind. So I'm going to say, no, I'm not. Now, that is not ignorance, it is just managing the ego so it doesn't go into reaction every time we're unkind. This is a very complicated set of circumstances and it goes against a lot of the shoulds and the shouldn'ts because people say, I should be transparent. No, you shouldn't. The second one, is uh, it goes, be, do, so when we uh, uh, act, when we go to work and we act in a certain way, I'm going to to be a good motivational leader. I'm going to do good leadership. I'm going to do hard work. I'm going to do all these things. And when we do the opposite to those things when we go home, we know we're faking it at work. Now, we say practice between performances. So if you're going to do hard work at work, you do hard work at home. I don't advocate hard work. I don't think it's really smart. I think smart work. I think loving work. I think good work. I think quality work, I think these things can be measured a little bit better than hard work, but it doesn't matter what you say, you need to be it all the time, and then when you're not it, you can say this is part of hard work is not being hard work, or good work, or whatever you say, so you're lying on the couch watching Netflix, and you say this is part of good work, this is part of quality work, rather than say this is not work, and this is work. You know, there's a poem on my website called Master in the Art of Living. If you search it on on Google, I think it'll lead you to my website. Master in the Art of Living knows no difference between work and play. And I think that's the ultimate state when you get your ego into a non-fear-based position. The have aspect of a vision is when we say, I want to have children, I want to have a partner. And there's some funny thing goes on here because there's a concept of ownership of the children or ownership of the partner or ownership of the relationship or ownership of the house that it can't be taken away. And this naive sense of ownership of a human being or a dog or whatever it is, is completely in denial of reality because reality is you don't own anything that breathes shits or eats. You can't own it because it's impermanent. And so we need to be really careful when we say I want to have all these things, we need to have them independent of the person. So I want to have a relationship, that you can do. I want to have a home, that you can do. I want to have $20 million, that you can do, as long as you know nothing's ever missing, just changes in form. The The game we play with the have being that we are abundant people and nothing's ever missing, just changes in form, is a very important part of the have aspect so that fear doesn't start to drive you. And most people, I would say 99.999% of people, uh, their ego is being driven by the fear of failure, or the fear of success, or the fear of losing their relationship, or the fear of being broke, or the fear. And so 99% of their uh, behavior is egocentric, egotistical. And they're a little terrorist in the world, um, even in a corporate environment, pretending to be kind. Getting this right is a really important part of life because it influences the behavior of the children we're attached to. Because they will eventually do everything to break that attachment, whether you like it or not. This is Chris. You have a beautiful day. Bye for now.